Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the program, The Michael Duke Show, Wednesday edition of the show. We are broadcasting live across the uh, across the net and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Hi, how are you? How, how are you doing today? It is <clears throat> post-election day for uh, many of the communities uh, around the state of Alaska, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning uh, as well. We'll give you some details and talk about some stuff and things. Uh, we've also got uh, some guests today. We're going to continue our discussion um, <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, with a... Uh, uh, with a uh, discussion about uh, politics, of course, because, you know, what what else have we got going on? Uh, we're going to be talking with um, uh, we're going to be talking with Russell Wyatt, who is a Democrat with House District uh, 19. He's going to be joining us here this morning and we're going to be talking with him about his candidacy in hour one and then uh in hour two we're going to change gears just a little bit it's not going to be candidates per se but it is going to be a uh it is going to be a discussion with uh josh church and i believe uh fred um veedman veedman from uh the convention yes people the folks from convention yes so we're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking with them <clears throat> to get some of the pro side of the issues regarding the constitutional convention, and we'll see what um, um, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. It uh, should be uh, it should be an interesting time. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting some of the details and some of that information um, from the folks over there at convention. Yes. And of course, to talk uh, to talk about uh, the issues that are going to be facing the state with a variety of candidates. Uh, that's today. Tomorrow on the program, Ginger Bryant is going to be joining us in hour one, and Ginger is uh, is uh, 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 Ginger is running as a nonpartisan in House District Six, which she is the third candidate. In the District 6 race, that is uh, Sarah Vance and Louis Flora and Ginger Bryant. So she's going to be calling in uh, tomorrow uh, to discuss things with us. And then we will be talking with Ron Gillum uh, at the bottom of the hour. The, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the second hour, we'll be talking with Ron Gillum. And I am working on um, putting together an, a, a debate between Ron Gillum and Justin um, Ruffridge, who uh, I mean, that's been a 
that's been a, a, a contentious race for some, and I know people have been asking for that. So I am working on it. Um, I've got both candidates have tacitly agreed to it in the beginning. Now we just need to work out the details for the uh, for the final debate, which will probably be sometime a uh, week after next. Um, <clears throat> but that's uh, that's what's going on right now. Uh, booking out into the end of next week right now as well. And, of course, we are only uh, four weeks away from uh, four weeks away from the general election, five weeks away. So we're coming we're, – we're four and a half or so weeks away from that, and we're going to be talking about all the things that are fit to print. That's uh, – so that's – be looking forward to that here as we move forward. Um, all right. Um, headlines, I guess. Headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? There's a few, but nothing really jumping right out at me. Um, I see that there's still some sniping. Um, um, I still see that there's still some sniping amongst gubernatorial candidates, uh, with Les Garrett and Bill Walker, uh, basically blasting, uh, Mike Dunleavy for not being at a, Kodiak debate that was focused on commercial fishing, uh, which I don't, it could be to his detriment. I have no idea at this point. I have not seen any of the polling. I have no, no indication. He was up in Nome, apparently, uh, according to the ADN and uh, uh, overseeing or looking over or doing whatever he was doing. He traveled to Nome on Monday to check on the recovery rebuilding process of um, that big storm that was from last month. And, of course, we're supposed to have a new storm, uh, I guess, today, tomorrow. This new storm is supposed to be coming in, and it's not going to be as big, but it was uh, it was, it was, was a big one. But even before the storm struck, according to the ADN, the Kodiak debate was not one of the five that Dunleavy, uh, Dunleavy had confirmed that he was going to join um, in his August announcement from his campaign when he said that the selected debates represent as many interests as possible. He later canceled his participation in one of the five forms he'd committed to in order to respond to the uh, <clears throat> storm fallout as it came down last month. Um, and uh, so we'll see what happens. Now, uh, again, the interesting thing here is, is that I see nothing about Charlie Pierce at all in this entire, I mean, there, I'm just, let me see here. Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, a recent poll conducted by Alaska survey research shows Dunleavy running ahead of Garrett and Walker. A second Republican candidate, Charlie Pierce has been largely absent from the campaign trail. That's it. The former KPB borough mayor is facing a harassment claim from rural employees, what it says, but there's nothing else. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what is happening, but um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh, what happens here. But so far, <clears throat> not seeing anything um, from Charlie Pierce. I guess we'll have to reach out to him this week to see what what is the skinny. What is happening? What is going on? Um, so anyway, that's the that was the big thing there. But what was really interesting to watch was the election results from the interior. 
Um, we've got a, a few election results from the interior and down on the peninsula. Let me start on the peninsula because I, again, would be the first to tell you that I'm not as familiar with the peninsula names as I am with the interior names. Um, but it looks like <clears throat> a pretty good, uh, it looks like a pretty good uh, run uh, for both areas. And if anybody in the chat room is going to sound off on it and tell me if I'm wrong, that would, I would appreciate that if I'm off base on anything. Uh, Kenai City Mayor B- Brian Gabriel has been reelected to another term. He was first elected in 2016 and served in the Kenai City Council from 2010 to 16. He's been a member of the Alaska Biocatch Review Task Force since being appointed by Dunleavy earlier this year. He beat Tia Winger by, uh, well, it was a two-to-one margin. Two-to-one margin. What more? It was over the two-to-one margin. Kenai City Council Seat B, Alex Duthit beat uh, Victoria Askin and Glenise Petty, who is the incumbent. He beat both of them, or I guess I should say she. I don't know if Alex... I mean, it's a androgynous name, so I'm assuming it's a man. But, you know, that's what happens when you assume a gender. We know that. Uh, Kenai Borough, <clears throat> Assembly District 3 in Nikiski, Jesse Bjorkman, uh, has beaten both uh, Dill Uhill and Chase Griffith, who were the uh, two challengers. He is the incumbent. He won by a two-to-one margin. Uh, Assembly Member District 4 in Soldatna, Tyson Cox, the incumbent beating out Donald Boston by, again, just under 2 to 1. This seems to be a theme here. Uh, Assembly District 7, Brent Johnson was unopposed. He won. Mayor Ken Kastner of Homer won unopposed again. Uh, Mayor Homer City Council member Jason Davis and Storm Hansen have both won re-election with 498 and 473 votes respectively. City Seward, City of Seward, uh, Sue McClure has been elected mayor, having run unopposed, uh, but she's only going to serve on the council until, um, oh no, I'm sorry, her term on the city council ends next October and will need to be filled by a special election. She's been serving on the city council, and so this is a, she's elevated now to the mayor's office and her Council seat is going to have to be filled by a special election. Um, Randy Wells and Kevin Fitch were both elected to the Seward City Council as well. Soldatna City Council seats, both the incumbents won. David Carey, Lisa Parker, they both won handily. So uh, looks like kind of business as usual for the most part. It looks like almost every incumbent won or most people ran unopposed. No surprising upsets down on the peninsula. But in the interior, it was a little bit of a red wave. In fact, that's what Suzanne Downing calls it in must read. Red wave. Fairbanks goes conservative. Dave Pruz, who uh, was uh, running uh, as the uh, conservative candidate, beat Valerie Therrien 56 to 42 percent. So that's a pretty that's a pretty chonky win for David Pruz. And I'm glad to see that he is. Uh, I'm glad that he to see that he is uh, um, uh, now being installed up there. Sue Sprinkle uh, has won City Council seat C. Aaron Gibson uh, again. Uh, he that's a squeaker for seat D. Forty nine point eight seven percent to forty nine point four zero percent. So four tenths of one percent. It'll be interesting to see how many votes that actually accounts for. It's got to be just a handful of votes. 
Brett Rotterman, my friend uh, up there in uh, Fairbanks, who uh, who called, who sent me a message and said, should I run for borough assembly? And I said, what do you got to lose? And he did. And he won 52 percent. Brett Rotterman for seat B uh, and Barbara Haney, who calls into the program quite frequently, also winning by looks like a three point margin, a two and a half, three point margin uh, in borough assembly seat. I, Brandy Hardy, uh, 49.64 percent. For the school board and seat uh, uh, C, that's the only disappointment right now. Now it's close, 49.64% for Brandy. Les Nichols, 49.49%. So less than, it's like one, it's 0.15% of a vote. That's going to obviously, I think, trigger a recall or a uh, recount, not a recall, a recount. Uh, And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the absentees and everything else. Uh, also, Melissa Burnett, Melissa Burnett, uh, who we had on the program here yesterday, running for uh, city council, uh, excuse me, for school board seat D, too many seats here, school board seat D, she beat her in uh, her challenger by uh, about 8%. So 53.5% to 45, almost 46%. So these are all, again, um, the, uh, I, I don't know if this includes all the trickle ins and everything else, but, um, this is a pretty interesting win, uh, for the more conservative side of the fence, um, as, uh, the interior of Alaska finally gets a chance to uh, sound off in their local elections. So congratulations to everybody involved there and down in the Kenai, um, and, uh, and everywhere else. Congratulations to all the winners. And uh, we hope you can all deliver on all of your promises, all of them, all of the time, everywhere, all at once. All right. um, That brings us up to the break, which means we got to go. We're going to be talking with Russell Wyatt here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. We'll return with candidate discussions right after this. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the commercial break right now, and I think that we have got uh, Russell Wyatt. Uh, I think he's on the phone. He was having internet issues apparently this morning, and uh, I think we had to. I think we have to do it the old-fashioned way. We'll have to see how it goes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay. You uh, you still Happy internet? <laughs> you're still still struggling without the uh, without the internet, huh? Yep, I talked to GCI about an hour this morning, and they're like, "Oh, well, we can come fix it tomorrow." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Okay. Thank, thanks so much for being helpful, you guys. I appreciate all you guys in Botswana or wherever they're sending the uh, customer service calls these days. We appreciate all your help. Thanks for thanks for being part of it. Um, all right, and Russell, do you have a uh, do you have a website for your? Uh, that was one thing I wasn't able to find. Uh, I actually don't. I didn't actually think I was going to get this far. <laughs> You didn't think you were going to get this far, so you're like, whatever. Uh, you have a Facebook page or anything else? Or you I, just... I, I do. Okay. 
And what what is that? Uh, just Facebook.com, Russell Wyatt, or what? Yep. All right. I'm uh, just trying to make sure that I got it all. Got all the intel and all the info here that's possibly needed um, for us to uh, be ready to. Boy, it's thinking it's thinking hard this morning. All right, Russell, well, I'm going to put you back on hold for just a second. Don't go anywhere. You'll still be able to hear me, but um, I won't be able to hear you. So hold the line for uh, just a second and let me um, see if I can get uh, uh, see if I can get all this stuff squared away. Okay. Um, man, uh, maybe it's not just Russell because boy, the internet seems slow this morning. It seems slow. Here we go. Russell Wyatt for house district, uh, 19. Okay. Um, oh, he doesn't even have a thing here. Okay. I think I got it now. Um, okay. Look at that. Um, all right. I got the, I got, I got the thing and the deal and the other thing. Uh, I even, there's even a picture here. So, um, we're, we're, should be good to go. And I'm just going to steal this picture of Wyatt right off the page so you guys can see it and we will be ready to groove. How are you guys doing today? What's happening? Hot stuff. What are you guys, what are you doing? What, what, what is happening? You guys ready to jump into this and uh and find out more about people and things and stuff yeah that's that's what i thought you guys are all asleep that's what i thought you guys are all snoozing uh okay well i'm i mean who am i to judge who am i to judge i'm i'm ready to uh i was ah, man this week has been a hard week for getting up and getting ready um it was all i could do this morning to uh to get up and and uh, and come talk to you, I was ready to f- hit the snooze button one more time. Um, all right, let me go over here and um, uh, just making sure that I, because I was expecting to be able to just run this as I have been running it, but so I have to build the I have to build the little panel and everything so that when we're talking about it. You can see Russell, and you can see his name, and you know who it is and everything else. Okay, got it. Look at that. Boom. All done. All right, let me go to the comments real quick here. I only got about a minute before we have to jump back into this. Um, uh, What is the result of the tax cap in Fairbanks? It passed. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's been been good stuff there. it was a it was a it was a good it was a good time in um, um, in Fairbanks. Now, there's going to be a couple races that are going to be close, and we haven't seen what the absentee ballot. Oh, in fact, Rob Myers just says there's 1,500 absentee ballots to count across the borough. So some of those that are close, mm, we'll see. We will see what's going on. Um, I just talked to Charlie Pierce yesterday. Says Terry, he had just gotten back from a trip down the Yukon visiting the villages. He's in it to win it. We'll be participating in all the debates. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what that's all about. Bam! That's just there to wake you up. Just there to wake you up. Let's get back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share this show. Like and follow the show page. Do all the youtube stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get to it. Here we go. 
All right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. And we are uh, diving into it, our continued discussion now with politicians. And um, it's uh, we're ready to... Uh, we're, we're ready to, to get down into it. Today, we're talking with Russell Wyatt, who is a Democratic candidate for House District 19, which is, uh, in, the, uh, uh, which is in the Anchorage area. House District 19, uh, two Democrats facing off there, uh, Mina, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Geneva Mina and uh, Russell Wyatt. And uh, Russell is coming on board to talk with us about his candidacy. And he joins us uh, right now. So let's just get talking about it. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, Mike. Thanks for uh, coming on board and joining us. We appreciate that. And uh, uh, so first and foremost, tell us what, what exactly are the boundaries of your district uh, for those who may not know where District 19 is down in Anchorage? It's uh, Mountain View and Airport Heights. Okay. All right. And uh, tell us a little bit about Russell Wyatt. Who are you? Where are you? Where, where do you come from? You know, what's your... Uh, you know, a little bit of your backstory. So, you know, the origin story, as they used to say. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm from Washington State. I uh, moved up here 13 years ago. Um, and when, I guess the, that's really the backstory. Sorry, sorry. Um, never been on the radio before, so. It's just a conversation. Just picture us both having a cup of coffee and talking to each other. It's no big deal. Nobody else is listening anyway, Russell, so it doesn't matter. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, so 13 years ago, I moved up to Alaska from Washington and, um, I actually started working for GCI and then I stopped working for a few years ago and now I'm having internet problems. <laughs> right. Russell, no, Russell was supposed to appear with us this morning on our new software where it's actually like a video conference, but he's having problems with his internet. So he's calling GCI and they're ignoring him like they ignore most of us uh, out here as well. Um, so you have a family, you're married, you got everything going on. What, tell us a little um, bit. I, I have, I, I have a girlfriend and we have two, I have two step kids and we're actually getting married, uh, next January. So well, congratulations, congratulations, uh, uh, mazel tov and, and, and happiness for all of you. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your, uh, when exactly you lost your mind. Now I had to laugh because I asked you if you had a website because I couldn't find your website and you said no, because you never expected to get this far. So uh, I guess I got to ask, what exactly did you lose your mind? I mean, what made you decide to run for office if you were not expecting to get very far? What, I mean, was there a single thing that like tripped you over and you said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore? Or was it a cumulative thing? What's, uh, what's the reason here for jumping into the race? So I was actually watching when they decided to next the PFD, um, when she, she was, a uh, her name is Tara. She was, a. Uh, House representative. Now she's fleeing to the Senate. Um, Garantara, which I did. Right. Garantara, yep. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. You, I didn't know that she was going to flee to the Senate. My, my goal to run was get, run against her, but that didn't end up happening. Um, and, you know, she, she was talking about the elderly and the disabled people and the poor people that live in her district. And then she turned around and flipped on uh, the full PFD. And right. that just got me pissed off. And then, you know, I was really surprised when, um, I was really surprised 
uh, when when she did that, and so I decided I was going to run. That was it, huh? That the PFD yep. the PFD became your seminal issue at that point, uh, especially for people in your district who needed it. Um, well, right, because Mountain View is the poorest district in Anchorage, and you know she's like, yeah, I support them, and then you. Them, so. Well, anyway, that's the thing. I mean, hey, look, we've been seeing this for a long time with politicians in the state of Alaska. We support our district. We support the poor and the elderly and the needy and everything else. And give me that PFD. Um, that's that's been a, a kind of a continuing process here. Um, so uh, so but but of course, she decided to run for the Senate now instead, which pits you against Geneva. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about philosophies. One of the first questions that I like to ask is, you know, have you gone out? Have you talked to your constituents? Have you gone door to door? What What are people in your district telling you as a candidate? You know, um, I'm actually surprised. You know, even though I'm going against Genevieve, I'm actually educating people about Tara, too, because I was talking to someone last night and they were telling me that, you know, they support Tara because she supports 50-50 and that's the way the PFD has always been. And I'm like, that's not the way the PFD has always been. Tara wants to not just steal the government's part, but she wants to steal half of yours, too. Right. And they're like, no. And then I'm showing them this video and they're like, wait, what? You right. know, and her her people are out here saying that she supports the original plan. And I'm like, that's never been the original plan. No, and, I mean, I think people don't understand. You know, I mean, it was the the formula, the statutory formula does utilize a 50-50 split, but it's a different split than the POMV split, which is what they're talking. It's very confusing. I mean, people people are e- can get easily confused because they're not paying close attention to it. And so even though the statutory formula does utilize a 50-50 split, it's a much larger number than the POMV thing that they're talking about now. And of course, many of your fellow Democrats in the House and the, and the uh, uh, Senate have been talking about that 75-25 split that you're alluding to. And that's a problem. So what you, where do you stand on the PFD? You you sound like you're a, a full statutory PFD a, guy. A, a full statutory PFD. I believe we should pay back what was stolen. I also believe a constitutional convention because, you know, our legislators are never going to do their jobs. Now, wait so. a second. Wait a second. You This couldn't possibly be right, Russell, because you're a Democrat. How could you be for all those things, right? <laughs> right. Uh, well, it's, I believe it's the people's money, you know, right. we shouldn't be stealing it. Well, um, that's an interesting distinction because many politicians won't go on record as saying it's the people's money because, again, it's too juicy a cookie jar to stick their hands in and be able to fund government with. And I think that's a that's an interesting take. Now, have your constituents also been talking with you about, you know, the the inflation, the budget, the the economy, crime? Ranked choice voting. What are the other topics that you're hearing from your constituency, or is it almost all PFD? It's about seventy five percent PFD, you know. And you're, there's also a lot of crime in Mountain View. And uh, you know, my my opponent Genevieve actually wants to cut the police, and um, she also supports. I, I I don't understand her logic because she wants to fund all these programs, but she also wants to shut down the oil companies. And I'm like, wait, how are you going to pay for it? Right. You, you can't you can't pay for it if you you shoot yourself in the foot. Right, right. Yeah, you can't kill the golden goose and expect more eggs in the long run. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, now, you don't have a website, but you do have a Facebook page, which uh, all you have to do is look for Russell Wyatt for District 19, and we'll see you there. But you don't have much up there in the way of, of, of issues, so I pulled your uh, interview uh, or your questionnaire up from the Alaska Beacon, and I think that there's some interesting, again, some interesting dichotomies. You're full of full, you're for a full statutory PFD. You're for the Constitutional Convention. You're for putting the 
formula in the Constitution. Um, are you in favor of a um, uh, of a constitutional spending cap, which some people have been talking about as well? I am, and I believe that you know my priorities can, or you know the, the people of District 19 priorities. Um, we could reallocate the money that we're already spending, and you know, um, spend it on you know the programs that you know I support and the people in District 19 support. Um, I, I honestly believe we don't need to add to the budget. We can just like reallocate funds that are being you know wasted. Okay. Uh, well, and I, I mean, I, I agree that, uh, you know, a statutory, excuse me, a constitutional budget, uh, uh, cap or a spending limit would be, uh, would definitely be a good thing. Now here's, what's interesting. I will tell you now, one of the reasons why Garantar probably voted for this is because she was part of the binding caucus in the house and she was, uh, she promised her vote to, uh, to the house majority uh, before she got started, and that's why she may have been, you know, personally against it, but ended up voting for the lesser PFD. And so I noticed in here that it was asked if you would be willing to join a coalition majority in which the opposite political party controls a majority of seats, and you said no. Uh, one of the things about the minority, though, is that they don't have a binding caucus, which allows people to vote their conscience. Um, you still would not be in favor of working with a coalition majority if uh, if they're not Democrats or what? If... No, nope, I, I work for the people. I don't work for the party. So. So. So if there was a coalition that was both Democrats and Republicans, you would or would not join them? I would not join them. No. So explain to me how that's working for the people. Um. So the both parties, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, there are people on both sides that want to steal the PFD. There's people on both sides that will only, you know, cater to special interests. And, and I'm not about that. I, I haven't seen, taken a single dollar from um, anyone that wants to cut the PFD. Actually, the only dollar I've ever raised so far was from my girlfriend. <laughs> she gave me a dollar. She's like, here, run. Right. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't even have um, a website to send me money. So you know, I've been supporting this myself, and I spent my PFD on flyers. On flyers, you you spent your PFD on campaign stuff. So, all right. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about the size and scope of government. Um, uh, you know, do you think that the size and scope of government in Alaska, as it sits right now, is too big, too small, or just right? As I like to say, uh, it's too big. It's too big. Okay. It's too big. Um, so where would you like to see the, where would you like to see some reductions made? Do you have any ideas? Have you taken a look at the budget? Do you have any ideas of where reductions or efficiencies could be found? Um, I, I honestly believe, you know, this is, you know, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot again. Um, I honestly believe education. We can do um, vouchers and I support, you know, uh, the voucher program where we send kids to private schools and um i i actually went to a private school in washington so okay well are you sure you're in the democratic party i'm just <laughs> curious here this is uh well no and i look i know where some of your positions are in some of this because i've read the flyer so uh you know you're you're kind of more of a i think uh i mean you're, you're registered as a democrat but you've got some interesting conservative on you there somewhere i think you might want to brush it <laughs> off it's uh it's interesting um, you know, we, you talk about in this, uh, you know, the state of education, um, 
and you mentioned you have two step uh, stepkids uh, that you're you're going to be uh, uh, w- you know when you get married you'll have two stepchildren as well. So education, um, education obviously is the single is the second largest uh, line item in our budget. Uh, we've continued to throw ever increasing amounts of money at education, and yet we continue to fall in the bottom of the barrel, 48th, 49th, 50th in our scholastic achievement. One in four students will not graduate. Even those who do graduate, most of them have to take remedial math to be able to take 100-level college courses in math. I mean, this is a its a crazy thing. Um, so what what kind of changes to education would you like to see? Um, what, what, you know, how, how do we fix it? And do we just keep throwing more money at it? Or is there something fundamentally different that we need to do? There's definitely or something we need to do because, you know, it's, it's crazy that we, we spend so much on education and we're not getting the results. It's crazy that, um, you know, I, I also believe, you know, teachers aren't being paid enough, but almost all the money is going to the school administrators, you know? So um, and then, like this year, they wanted to have like the National Guard take our kids to school because they didn't have it set up correctly. It, it, it's the uh, the the education. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're throwing. I mean, so your answer is not to throw more money at it. Is it a reorganization of how things? Because you're you're making a valid point that we're you know only forty cents of every dollar is making it into the classroom in K through 12 school in the state of Alaska, uh, in the university, it's even worse. It's only, it's in the teens, uh, of how many dollars are actually making it down into the classroom. So we are very top heavy in administration, it seems like. And that has been a a change that's happened gradually over the last 30 years. Should we be reverting back to where the majority of those dollars are all going into the classroom? I mean, that would probably see, you might be able to hire a few more teachers, you know, kind of thing. I agree 100 percent that that's exactly what we should do. Um, You know, and one of the other big issues, do we have enough time? We don't have enough time. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. Russell Wyatt is our guest, Democratic contender for State House in District 19. Uh, We're going to uh, put him back on hold and we're going to be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, We will continue with Russell Wyatt, Democratic candidate for District 19, right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, in the break right now with uh, Russell Wyatt. Uh, we like to change gears just a little bit here, Russell. Um, and the comments, um, um, uh, the comments in the chat room are cracking me up this morning. We've had some Democrats on it. And this is, look, this is a show. I'm a libertarian, but definitely a conservative libertarian. And so it's interesting to see that, uh, it's interesting to see that many of the folks in here, uh, with the Democrats that we've had, they've had some, you know, some contentious comments, but everybody in here is like, I like this guy. Uh, he's, he's, are you sure he's a Democrat? Are you, you've got a lot of positions here that, uh, uh, so, I mean, tell, tell the folks in the chat room of the positions that you don't think that they would, 
that they would agree with you on? Where where are you at that makes you a Democrat? I mean, were you, are you a Democrat because your mom and dad were a Democrat, or is this something you chose in life? Uh, when you as you identify as a Democrat, what what's uh, give us some give us some backing on that? So I, I actually. Um, identify more as an independent, but where I'm from, you either have to be a Republican or a Democrat to run for office. And, um, you know, Mountain View, they, they swing more Democrats, so I, I decided to run as a Democrat. Um, it's funny because my, my grandma, she supports Trump and my grandpa supports Biden. And so conversations over there are always funny. Oh, man, Thanksgiving must be a blast in your place, <laughs> got to tell you right now. But I don't think that's true. I think, I mean, look at how many Democrats have become quote unquote independence and run in this state. Uh, I think you could run as an independent and still come off with some interesting things as well. Uh, but you chose it basically because you're like, well, you got to be something. And so you might as well be the Democrat running in the race at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, also, you know, one thing I do like about your show, I actually watch it. Uh, one thing I actually like about your show is you'll criticize both parties when they're doing wrong. Well, um, you yeah. don't see that. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, that's the whole point. Otherwise, you're not being intellectually honest. You gotta criticize everybody. I mean, when they're doing wrong, that's the only way you can correct it. I've taken some heat from some Republicans. Are like, well, you can't. I'm like, if you're doing wrong, I gotta call you out. How can I? Otherwise, I mean, how how it you know how uh, you know unauthentic is that? That I'm like, oh well, we gotta call out the 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 blues, but we can't call out the reds because they're red. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I, I noticed when you, you called out Kirka and, you know, like his responses still surprise me to this day, like why he got the PFD. You know, he said that like Mike was going to do it anyway. You know, that that doesn't make any sense to me because if he's running for governor, then why, you know, that that's a win for you. Why, right. why would you? Well, because he didn't want to be political. Um, I, you know, <laughs> he didn't want to ab- abandon his principles. Uh, don't look now, Russell, but you may have slipped on a banana and fallen into a pool of conservatives, somebody says. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this is this is interesting. Was in the garage listening on the radio, but I had to come inside to comment that I like this guy. Um, now, it's interesting. You may you may uh, we may lose a few of you here because I noticed in your questionnaire um, and we may actually pick this back up when we get back on the radio. Uh, but uh, somebody asked about uh, somebody in the chat room asked about your position on Garen Tarr's red flag laws, which uh, were pretty contentious when they came out and they the bill didn't go anywhere. But do you support that legislation, the red flag legislation? I do not. OK. Um, and it, the one of the questions in the questionnaire was, how should the state reduce the threat of gun violence and mass shootings? And you said common sense background checks now. Is that on all transfers? I sell my buddy a gun or I give a gun to my son. Should they all have to go through some kind of background check? Um, you know, I, I'm kind of torn because, you see, I, I, I don't think that, like, legislation that works in Alaska will work everywhere else. So, um, you know, we don't have really too many gun shootings here. We, we don't you don't see schools being shot up here. You know, um, I, I, I think the system that we have now works just fine. So you're yeah. you're okay with it uh, the way it is, but it obviously can't be one size fits all. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. One size fits all has never worked. Doesn't uh, work on anything. Uh, do you, and the, again, a le- state legislator has no power over this. But now I'm interested. Do you would you support another assault weapons ban like we had in 04? 04? I would not. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm just looking through the. I'm looking through your answers again here. 
what constitutional amendments, if any, do you support? And you said adding the PFD to the Constitution. We also talked about the spending cap. You said you'd be in favor of that. What about the hot changing how we uh, uh, retain judges? Um, I know that that's been a question on both sides. Um, have you had any thought or given any thought to that question? Um, no, but I'm definitely willing to look into it. Okay. All right. Um, we're coming up, we're coming up on it here, Russell. I'm going to put you back on hold. We're about to rejoin the radio here. You're doing great. No panic. It's all, like I said, it's just you, me, and you know, uh, 50 of our closest friends on Facebook. So don't worry about it right now. Uh, we're going to, uh, <clears throat> we're going to jump back into it, folks. Russell Wyatt is our guest. We're going to continue our discussions with him here in just a moment. And, um, we uh, we we are going to uh, uh, we're going to continue here. I'm sorry. I was just I saw a comment in the chat room that made me roll my eyes. Uh, all right. That's the that's the bell. Time to jump back into it. Common sense. Liberty based. Free thinking radio. The Michael Duke show. <sighs> Let's do it. Hey, and they're off. Uh, good morning. Welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. Uh, Russell Wyatt is our guest, Democratic candidate for State House in District 19. Um, although um, I've been picking at its Democratic credentials and I've just, I, you know, it, it's it's been interesting. Uh, I often say that, you know, I'm, I can always find something to agree with with everyone. Even if I disagree with them on the majority of things, I can always find a lot, you know, something, one thing that I can agree on. Turns out Russell and I agree on a lot of things. Um, so, Russell, you said you listen to the program uh, quite frequently. Um, what would we disagree on? What what would be the thing that we would disagree on that you would say at this point? I'm just curious. Um, I guess I really don't know. Okay, All right. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know that's maybe maybe Russell will be running in the future as a libertarian. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out what's uh, going on here. Um, all right. Uh, we were talking uh, before we went to break about education. Obviously, health and social services is a big part of the budget. It's the number one, in fact, the largest budget indicator. Uh, there's been some talk about some of the legislature trying to repeal Governor Walker's move to include. Um, you know, every optional and available program in Medicaid, which, of course, jacked our uh, our state budget up quite a bit because we have to pay for a portion of those. And we're going to eventually end up having to pay for it all because the federal government's going to stop. Um, do you support a, a, a revision to our Medicaid um, criteria, the expansion and everything else? Uh, or is this something that you uh, believe that we need to have? Um, I actually, okay, so I, I have mixed feelings about that. So um, I, I honestly believe if you can work, because like for Medicaid, you don't have to work, you, you don't have to do anything. I, I believe if you can work, you should be working um, to get it. Because if you get like cash assistance from the state, you have to go through a work training program and you, you have to actually work um, to be able to get cash assistance. But for Medicaid and food stamps, you don't, um, I, you know, if you're elderly or disabled, you know, that's fine. You don't have to work. But I honestly believe if you can work, you should be working. So there should be some kind of means testing or work requirement that if you want this free health care, if you want this free food stamps, if you want these things, then you at least have to show that you are trying 
to um, make your own way, that you're trying to pay for yourself and that there should be some kind of um, there should be some kind of criteria where you just can't walk in willy nilly and say, treat me, Seymour. Uh, it should be, you know, you have to have a, 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 you know, some kind of income or some kind of attempt anyway to create it. Exactly. You know, and you know, the, the program was there for the elderly and the disabled and people that are down on their luck. It wasn't there for, you know, everybody just to, to get forever. Right. So. Right. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say um, uh, about uh, ranked choice voting. Uh, because this has been a big bone of contention for many people. I think a lot of folks didn't understand what they were voting for <clears throat> when they voted for it. This is my personal opinion, uh, because I think the messaging about ranked choice voting was all about uh, the dark money, right? I mean, I, I can testify uh, being in radio and seeing behind the scenes that, uh, you know, 90% of the commercials that they ran on the stations that I saw were all about how they were trying to take dark money out of politics, which was a little misleading since it was all funded by $7 million of dark money. But, uh, you know, with 26 pages of instructions in the voter manual, I'm not sure people really truly understood the full epic sway of changes that they were going to be making. What's your thought on ranked choice voting and what, you know, your, 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 your constituents reaction and everything else. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I actually think we should get rid of it. Um, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago and they're like, so wait, I actually have to vote for someone or I don't have to vote because, you know, you have to vote for more than one person. That's what they believe. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't actually have to vote for more than one person. Um, and but if you, know, you don't, they're, they're... but if you don't, you're disenfranchising yourself. That's the other thing. I mean, granted, you may not want to vote for somebody, but if you don't vote for more than one. Right. I mean, I would I would argue that I, I'm going to vote for more than one candidate. I'm not going to vote for all the candidates, all four of them. I'm not going to rank all four, but I'm going to vote for at least a couple in various races because otherwise I kind of disenfranchise myself. Right. Because in that second round of voting, if my first vote drops off, I'm done. Right. It's it's it's, it's so weird. It is so weird. I don't think people understood it. Do you? I, I barely understand it myself. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it really is. Thing. So you would support uh, you would support repealing ranked choice voting if you got into the legislature? Yes, I would. Russell, you're confusing me. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, again, uh, size and scope of government. We've gone over that. It's too big. Um, you think that we should remove the top heavy administration from the schools. You think there should be means testing in the Medicaid uh, or benefits program, which is good because we have one third of Alaskans right now are on some form of government subsidy in 270,000 people in the Medicaid system right now, which, again, just kind of blows my mind. Um, what are some of the other issues that you're looking at? I mean, obviously the PFD, as you started it off with it, is a big issue. What are some of the other issues that you'd like to see addressed if you get into the legislature? Um, honestly, the, you know, I, I honestly believe our police need more money because obviously they're being cut. Um, we're not able to retain police officers. I was talking to one that actually pulled me over <laughs> like a week ago. And, you know, he, he, he noticed I was running for office and, um, you know, he's, he's like, you know, we're actually being cut left and right. You know, the, um, even, even the call center people, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're working 40 hours overtime and, you know, they, they're down to like 10 people here in Anchorage and, um, for dispatching. And, and so it, it's, you know, there are places that, you know, I would actually increase, but there are places, you know, I would decrease the budget and. 
Right. Um, can I tell you that you probably should not be running a stealth campaign, that you probably should be out there actively fundraising and, and putting some money on and, and getting this stuff done and getting a website? Because y- you've got some good ideas here, Russell. I mean, I I, I, uh, I, I got to say, I think that, uh, you know, although you just kind of threw your hat in the ring on a whim because you were, you know, again, shaking your fist, mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. Um, I think you've got some good ideas. You and I might not uh, agree on everything, but my gosh, where can we find anybody that we can agree with everything on? Um, I also support term limits too, you know. Uh, I, I, I... Stop, just stop, <laughs> just stop. Um, all right, well, it's it's good stuff. Um, somebody asked, pro-life or pro-choice? Uh, and I know we're going to part ways on this one, but uh, give me your take on the Roe v. Wade uh, decision and what should happen here in the state of Alaska since it's now reverted back to the states. Um, so if, if I was a girl, I would not have an abortion, but I would never stop someone else from having one. Um, I don't believe that's up to me. I also don't think Medicaid should be paying for it unless, you know, it's like incest, rape, or, um, you know, is a threat to the mother's life. Okay. I mean, it's not in a, a position that I can agree with, but uh, I think it's probably the least of the positions that I could agree with. At least you're not out there advocating for free abortions all the time for everyone. Um, I guess my question to you is on that, as you said, I you know you wouldn't have one yourself uh, if you were a woman. Um, but shouldn't we be protecting? I mean, again, I'm a libertarian, which the creed of libertarians is basically do no harm, right? It's basically, you know, leave other people alone and the non-aggression principle, not aggressing against anybody. Do what you want as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Um, obviously, a baby is somebody else. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we should be advocating for protection for people who are not able to defend themselves. Um, how do you take that argument? No, I, I actually agree with you. Um, like I said, if I was a girl and I was pregnant, I, I could never have an abortion. I, I could not see myself doing it, no matter what the circumstances were. But, you know, at the same time, I also respect other people's decisions. And um, while I wouldn't have an abortion, I wouldn't stop anyone else from having one. But like I said, I, I think if the government's going to pay for it, it should, you know, be for a very, very good reason. Um, well, like I... it, it, it was going to kill the mom or, you know, that the sure. mom was... Well, and, and again, to be the one time I'm going to be argumentative with you, that's like saying I'm sitting in a subway car and I could rob the guy next to me or shoot the guy next to me and take his money, but I don't. Somebody else is going to do it, but I'm not going to stop them because, you know, everybody should have a choice. Um, that's a problem, don't you think? I mean, if you're saying I'm not going to kill somebody, but somebody else can kill somebody and that's OK because that's their choice. That, to me, is kind of where that argument falls apart. Well, I, I agree with you. My, my logic on that argument isn't the best, but I, I, I just I have mixed feelings about it because, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't want to take someone else's choice away. And at the same time, I don't, I don't want anything to happen to the baby. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, it look, it's it, we know it's a contentious issue. It's a, it's a convoluted issue. I think it comes down to, um, again, Again, the non-aggression principle, I think, is the important part of that. We're coming down to the end here, though, Russell. Uh, it's been an interesting and an enjoyable conversation. We've got about a minute and a half here, so I want to give you the floor, uh, your final elevator pitch. Why should people in the Mountain View Airport Heights area vote for Russell Wyatt? Uh, and where do they find out about you? 
Um, you can go to Facebook.com or Facebook, type in Russell Wyatt, you'll find out about me. Um, I think you should vote for me because I stand for a full PFD. Um, my opponent wants to not just cut your PFD, but wants to shoot us in the foot by, you know, stopping <laughs> stop, stopping the, the flow of money coming in. Um, she, she believes, you know, Biden's policies. Um, if you go to her, her Facebook page, she'll see that she supports Biden 100%. She supports Bill Walker 100%. Um, she she thinks that you you should um we need all this new green energy you know that's something that we should have talked about too um but yeah right. um all right well uh russell wyatt again just look russell wyatt alaska on facebook and you will find his page it's russell wyatt for house district 19 thanks for coming on and joining us today it was an interesting conversation and well, uh, i appreciate you coming on I hope you'll have me back. I, I hope I will, too. Uh, keep <laughs> keep listening. You did well. Thank you for calling in. Uh, right, hold you. the line for just a second, Russell. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we're out of time. Hour two, dead ahead. All right, Russell Wyatt, one final bite at the apple. I like to do this to give candidates one final check where they're not necessarily under the time gun. Uh, so if there's anything we didn't cover, you mentioned the green... Uh, uh, green uh, energy or whatever. Anything else we didn't cover that you want to uh, comment on? Now is the time to do it. Um, you know, I, I don't support all the green energy plans because you know it will destroy our economy. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm not against solar and I'm not against windmills, but it shouldn't be forced on us. I also think that Tesla cars are stupid. Um, electric cars in, in general are stupid because exactly how are we? <laughs> How are we going to pay for the electricity and and the costs and everything? I mean, we see what's going on in California. I love the fact California is going to ban all combustion vehicles, but uh, the rolling blackouts because they don't have enough electricity now, let alone if they make every vehicle electric. I mean, there's look, there's so much stupidity out there. And, and you know, I, I actually have a friend that has a Tesla here in Anchorage, and I'm like, exactly. You don't go anywhere, right? Because you're, you're stuck 300 miles once you get out of Anchorage, you know, the, the, we don't have any charging stations here, you know, and, you know, I, I Genevieve was talking about doing it here and it's like, why? We're, we're nowhere near ready for something like that. Right. You know, I'm not against you from having a Tesla, by all means, if you want a Tesla, have a Tesla, but we, we don't have the infrastructure here. And, and, you know, if you want to go to Washington or, you know, to the lower 48, Canada doesn't have the infrastructure. I mean... You're kind of stuck to Anchorage. Like, right, exactly, why? right. Well, and of course, they don't really work in the cold temperatures very efficiently. And I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. It's not it's not the end-all, be-all that I think people think it is. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, anything else you would dive into? Uh, uh, anything else you would dive into in the legislature that we need to know about here uh, if you got elected? Not, I'm not top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to think of 20 things the minute I get off this one. Oh, of course. That's how it always is. The second you'll have that delay. I have that all the time. I call it delayed intelligence. I have this really witty comeback. Of course, I have it about 15 minutes after the conversation's over. So um, interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Russell Wyatt, uh, Democratic candidate for State House and District 19. Thanks for coming on board. That was that was a fun and interesting comment. It was educational, if nothing else. We didn't get into the charter of changes. I'm sure next time we will talk about that, uh, Russell. Thank you for coming on board and being part of it today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm sorry uh, about the internet. Problems. Well, hey, you know, internet <laughs> is what it is. Internet is what it is. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming on board. Uh, Russell Wyatt, <clears throat> uh, candidate for District 19. <laughs> 
That was some interesting stuff, was it not? That was some crazy stuff. I mean, that, that's good. It's fun. It's it's interesting to see what other people's positions are, especially with the labels that they decide to label themselves with. Um, that was unexpected. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. It looks like uh, we've got our first guest. Josh Church is uh, in the green room right now. Let's uh, check in with him real quick to make sure his audio is up and running and everything is good. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. I'm going to turn you down just a little bit because you are loud and proud. Um, all right. And are we expecting, uh, uh, is it Fred? Fred coming on board? Is Fred coming on board as well? I haven't heard from him this morning, so I, I we'll see. We're Fairbanks. We're playing it by ear. So. Oh, it's Fairbanks. Yeah, they always... We, I always flew by the seat of my pants when I was in, who am, who am I kidding? I still fly by the seat of my pants, but yeah. Um, all right, Josh, um, we're going to be, uh, we're going to put you back in the green room then and hold on to you here. We'll hold, if, uh, if Fred joins, we'll test him as well, uh, and get ready to dive into this. Um, oh, I'm, I'm ready to go, ready to go. So hold the line here, Josh, we'll be right, we'll be right back to you. Um, all right. <clears throat> um, I thought that, uh, Russell really, uh, he he kind of explained the conundrum that I think some people are in. They are not necessarily pro-choice, but at the same time, they're not necessarily pro-life either. They're kind of, they're stuck in the middle. Like they wouldn't have one, but they don't really want to infringe on anybody else's rights. But when you talk about killing a person, um, then they say, well, I really should do something. I mean, that's, it's a hard thing. I guess it's a hard thing up until the point where you decide you don't want to kill people, including babies. I think that's the <clears throat> that's where it comes down to. Um, and I think that's where the hard line came for me, because, again, as a libertarian, <clears throat> I believe people should have the ability to do whatever they want. You want to smoke crack, smoke crack. Just don't hurt anybody. Right. Kind of thing. I mean, that's you, your choice. You need to do what you need to do. But at the same time, you start hurting people then that's a problem. That's when your rights bump up against somebody else's. And that's always been the problem with the idea of abortion. That is a person. That is a person that will grow to a full-fledged person with their own hopes and dreams and fears and everything else. And the idea that somehow uh, you have the right to remove all of that opportunity because it's inconvenient for you is problematic, you know, um, and uh, and I just think that that's, you know, uh, I think that's the problem. Um, I don't want to take anybody's choices away, but you made choices, most of you. Uh, statistically, there's a small slice that, you know, again, rape, incest, all those kind of things. Those are horrific. But I've met people who have been rape victims who have raised their own children from those situations. And um, many of them said, well, the incident was horrific. They wouldn't change a thing because they love their children um, or some people who have given up those children to be loved by other people. Again, should we cut all that short uh, because it was uh, tragic or inconvenient? You know, yes, <clears throat> I'm pro-choice. You have the choice as to whether or not to mostly have the choice to do that deed or not. So it's interesting. Um, you either have equal rights or you don't, says Harold. Okay. So if I kill you, that's okay, Harold. If I kill you or I kill somebody in your family or I kill someone you know, that's okay. Because I've got choice. Equal rights. Right? Equal rights. Does the child, unborn child, have equal rights? No? I mean, I'm going to agree with you on the equal rights thing. 
Everybody should have equal rights, including the people who are still growing, ready to be thing. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a tough it's a t- it's definitely a tough situation, especially in the small statistical area where, you know, you get the rape and incest thing. That's where the that's where everything gets sticky. All right. We got to go. Here we go. Michael Duke show. Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah, across the world on the Internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, of course, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch TV as well, and, of course, broadcasting on regular old radio across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is The Michael Duke Show. Good morning. How are you this morning? Hour two of the big radio broadcast. No, you're not members of the 6 o'clock club if you didn't get up before now. 6 o'clock club members were here. Where were you? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. <laughs> All right, we're continuing our discussion this morning. Um, uh, we are talking about, uh, uh, we have been talking about candidates for office across the state of Alaska. Uh, but we also have some ballot propositions and uh, initiatives that are up there, including the one that appears every 10 years, which is the question <clears throat> of the constitutional convention that is put on the that is put on the ballot every year uh, 10 years by the constitution um, because the framers decided that we should have an opportunity if the legislature um, does not have the political will to fix problems that the people would have the ability to make the decision to amend their constitution in any way that they see fit and uh, it is uh, it's a uh, it, it, it's a it's an interesting conundrum. Initially, I was against it because, again, my fear was opening up the Constitution opened up all kinds of things that could be because it's not just a single issue. You're not just saying I want to put the PFD in the Constitution and that's it. You're not just saying I want to change the way we retain or, or, or hire judges. That's you can't just do one thing. It is everything. Everything that's going on. And I was a little leery about that. But the more that I think about it, the more that I've realized that, one, there is no political will in the legislature and has not been for the last 10 years to make any substantive change to fix the problems that we have. And two, the people have the final say. The people of the state of Alaska will vote on every change to the Constitution, um, you know, piece by piece. They will be the ones that make the decision. And I'm comfortable enough with the people being able to make a decision 
on that, that uh, I would live with the changes. And of course, in 10 years, if we decide we've made a mistake, we could fight again for another constitutional convention. But there's huge groups out there, mostly the business as usual crowd, the people who have been in power, the labor unions, the legislators, the politicians who like the way that we're doing things right now that have now raised over a million dollars of special interest dark money to go ahead and try and scare people away from the constitutional convention. And uh, I thought we probably should get the people who are on the yes side of the question on the program. So that's what we're doing today. Josh Church is with Convention Yes. He is uh, here today to talk with us about that position. And we start off the program with him right now. Good morning, Josh. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing great. And I I, uh, actually have to agree with you. The beginning of your show, the first hour, you had you had a really interesting guest and a good conversation, and uh, you recapped it on the end with your, you know, your position on on protecting innocent life. And I've got to thank you for that. I think you did a great job as as a father. That's a very important issue to me. So before we get into the convention, I just want to say you're doing a great job with the show and and uh, good good things. Well, thank you, Josh, for coming on board. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I know it's a I know it's a sticky topic and I know some I know it's very emotionally charged and I know some people are I'm not going to change a lot of people's minds on it probably, but I think if you just think about it from a if you think about it from a, everybody has a right to uh, to do what they want, including those those children who had no say in being born one way or the other, regardless of the circumstances, whether it was love, passion, or anger and violence, they had no choice. And so they should have the ability to make those choices down the road as well. Um, all right. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's get into the uh, question of convention. Yes. Um, look, uh, all we've seen, uh, and, and we see how this works. We saw it under the ranked choice voting scenario. Uh, at 90% of their advertising was, we need to get rid of dark money, right? I mean, that was the whole thing. It was all about the scary, deep, booming voice of dark money. Uh, now it is all these people who uh, who have uh, are business as usual. Again, you can just before you move on away from ranked choice voting, they they were pushing that they're going to get rid of dark money well being funded by outside dark money. That was the irony of the whole situation. $7 million of dark money funding the Eliminate Dark Money campaign. Um, But again, you could see all the business as usual crowd is in here. Again, as I mentioned, the 1630 Project, the labor unions, many politicians who have been very much tax and spend type politicians, they are terrified that we're going to take away their toys. I think that is the bottom line there. They're terrified that people might actually have a voice in this, and they've mounted this fear campaign uh, that uh, if you open up the Constitution, it will be dogs and cats living, you know, together, mass hysteria, the whole thing. Uh, give us, give us, give us the the reasons why, uh, Josh Church, we should be um, we should be voting yes on the Constitutional Convention. Yeah. So unfortunately. Uh, Alaska is a small state with a small population, small in population size. So what that means is it's very cost effective for advertisers to buy votes here, right? They, they can put in a couple of million dollars and change a Senate election. They can change a congressional election. So this, it, this is cheap to them to influence. And so that's why we see so much dark money playing around in, in, ballot measures in Alaska and whether that's the constitutional convention or, you know, supporting one particular candidate or another, 
So when it comes to this issue, the top supporter for the defend our constitution, the don't don't change anything because things are so good right now. I mean, Michael, everybody on your show loves the way things are. Things have been working good for the last 10 years, right? We've been making progress oh, changes. Yeah. It's better for the country. We're right? just we're just fat, dumb, and happy around here, right? Right. So since everything is going great and there's no problems, we've got smart people in Juno and they're fixing this for us, we might as well keep it the same. So the top group who, you know, has a vested interest in keeping things the same in Alaska because it, it matters to them, that's funding this. The, the top funder to the Defend AK group is the 1613 fund, which you mentioned. Most people probably are rationally ignorant. They've got jobs, they've got families, they've got better things to do than worry about politics. Well, what is the 1613 fund? The New York Times calls it the leading dark money group for the left. That's the New York Times. They're not exactly like a right-wing rag. At Atlantic, uh, Politico, all the different top uh, articles, uh, or top magazines, news articles have ran similar stories. You can Google them and find where they basically admit, yeah, this is a really effective big donor for all kinds of liberal causes. Um, who's the 1613's top donor? A Swiss billionaire who's not an American citizen. Right. Well, okay. So you've got Europeans giving money to DC, Washington DC based funds that are funding the don't change things in Alaska. So if you're in Alaska and you say, you know what? I think the people in Europe, the people in DC and the people in Juno, they know better than me, then you're right. You should vote to keep things the same as they are. If on the other hand, you think, okay, if we have a constitutional convention, what happens? Well, I as a voter get a vote whether or not I want to have a constitutional convention. Then those crazy people in Juneau decide how we're going to elect delegates, you know, where, whether we're going to do it 15,000 ballots or however that's going to work. They'll come up with the process. But then I get a vote on my delegate for the constitutional convention. Then once the delegates argue and agree, and hopefully these are not you know, the same people we have in Juneau, we're likely to get a very different group of people because these people are going to run one time in their life and they don't have to worry about re-election and doing this and going to Juneau. So we might get a lot better class of people who are not willing to run to Juneau, but are say, yeah, I'll go to Anchorage or wherever it's going to be. And I'll do this for three months and I'll change the course of Alaska. I'll sacrifice my business or my family for those three months and do that. And I don't have to worry about re-election, so I don't have to do horse trading. I don't have to worry about the next vote. So I can actually think long-term while I'm a delegate and think about what benefits the state. So once they do that and they come up with their list of changes that'll improve the state, then it goes to a ballot measure and you, the people, get a vote on it. So if you listen to the dark money from outside that says, oh no, this could change everything, you're right. If the Alaskans you elect decide they want to change things, whatever that is, and then you look at those changes as voters and say, yeah, we kind of agree with those changes, you could change how you're governed in Alaska. Now, I'm not actually that terrified about what we as Alaskans decide we want to change, whatever that might be. I, the, the, it kind of blows my mind a little bit that the campaign is don't trust yourself, don't trust your neighbors, trust us in Europe and DC and Juno. we know better than you. If you guys actually had the choices to change how you're governed, 
I mean, who knows what could happen, right? You might lose your gun rights, the ad says. You might lose access to outside wildlife. You might lose mining. You might increase taxes. Wait a minute. The group that's funding this, let me go to the 1613 uh, Funds website here. 16, uh, 1630, right. 1630 right. project. Thank you. Um, their, their website says we're empowering progressive change makers. Uh, we, the, they say um, we support um, fighting for economic equality, affordable health care, climate solutions, racial justice, voter access, and other essential changes. Um, the from advancing equity and racial justice. Anyways, if you go on, go through this, it's strengthening our democracy. And then you go over to Open Secrets, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but that's a pretty good resource when you want to look up um, what a charity or what who's giving to who. So if you go to OpenSecrets.org, you'll find out that 100% of the 1630s uh, donations go to Democrats. 100%. Not, I did look through a couple of years and I found one year uh, where it was 99.6. So, you know, they gave to somebody else. So the, so the reality is that when we talk about losing gun rights, like those ads as losing access to this, the, the group funding the vote no on the convention would like you to lose access to all those things. Right. The problem is they've done the polling and they, are, they see Alaskans probably if they vote, are going to improve their constitution and move away from how Juno or DC or Europe would like it to be. The fact is our constitution is one of the last constitutions formed in the United States. And it's one of the most liberal socialist progressive constitutions. And so they wanna kind of keep it the way it is. Um, I mean, ultimately it, this is a, a, a campaign that's based on fear, on outside money, and and on half truths and mistruths, and when you really push comes to shove, Alaskan voters have to take a chance and say, "Do I like it the way it is, or am I willing to take some risk and trust myself and my fellow Alaskans that we can come up with something reasonable?" And we get multiple bites at the apple. It's not like you vote for this once and these people in Juneau figure out what what's on the ballot next year. No, you're going to vote for this, and then they're going to come back and say, "Okay, this is how you elect delegates." Right. And so then we're going to elect delegates. And then those delegates are going to come out and say, this is what we propose as changes. What do you Alaskan voters think? And you're going to come to the ballot. And this may take several years. I mean, if 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 we vote on yes right now, which I mean, we've got the other side has a million in funding. I think we've raised, you know, thirty thousand dollars or something like that right now. It's all Alaskans based on on uh, our side funding this. So we'll see. We might not win. But the timing is crucial. If we don't, the, if you look at the trajectory of this state and this country, we're going in a bad road. So in 10 years, I don't know if we're going to have the chance. And I'm, I'm nervous for my daughter. What, what kind of a country is she going to grow up in? But, right. but I mean, just jumping back so people understand, this is not a one and done thing. We're, what we're asking right now is whether you agree with me or disagree with me on the issues, and we can get into it as much time as you have here, we can get into specific issues of what I would like to see changed, but it really doesn't matter. What this vote is, this vote is, do you want to have the discussion? That's all this is. Right. If people vote and say yes, then we have to pick who's going to lead the discussions. Then those people will decide what issues we want to vote on. And then those issues come to the voters again, and we 
we get a vote whether we want them or not. And and that process isn't going to be quick. I mean, heck, the people in Juno don't make anything quick. And right. to a certain extent, we don't want it quick. We want some time to mull over this. Right. So if we vote yes, then Juno will decide when the constitutional convention and election is, right? They'll say the process for how we pick ballots. So maybe next November, we're electing delegates, right? And then those delegates have to meet. And so then maybe it's the following year that we're actually voting on the changes that they propose to us. I mean, right. this, this is probably a multi-year effort. Yeah, we, um, we so est- now, yeah we're estimating we want- we're estimating this Go is ahead. going to be somewhere in the three-year range. This is probably going to be a three-year yeah, process yeah. Uh, from the time of the election of delegates to the convention right. itself to then to putting it to the people. It's probably going to be a three-year. It's not, not fast by any means. Uh, right. And there's lots of stumbling blocks and stop gaps and protections that are built into it. And I think, again, that was one of the things that swayed me from initially being very leery of it to uh, understanding it and then supporting it. Josh Church is our guest. He is with Convention Yes, which is the pro-con-con side of the equation. We're up against the break. We're going to continue with uh, Josh here in just a moment. Folks, uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure that you find out a way you could support the show by simply going over to our uh, website at michaeldukeshow.com and joining the Common Sense Core, which is our cool kids club it's the fan club for as little as yeah for as little as four bucks a month or something three four bucks a month a cup of coffee a month you can help support the show and we gets us all this gee whiz cool stuff where we can show videos of of interviewees and everything else uh go check it out michaeldukeshow.com just click on join the core all right we're up against it we're going to come back here in just a second we're going to continue with josh church and uh we will uh We'll continue this discussion about the Constitutional Convention, the pros, the cons, the things, the items, and more. We'll be back with more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like, America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we are <clears throat> in the break right now. Commercial break. Josh Church continues with us, and uh, we're going to continue having these discussions. Um, I like to sidebar a little bit during the commercial breaks, Josh, just so we don't repeat ourselves for people on the podcast later on. Um, I mean, what made you throw your hat into the ring to be, uh, to, to, you know, to be the spokes critter for the, uh, for the const, uh, for the convention? Yes, folks. Yeah. Sorry about that. I kind of went on a rant, didn't let you jump in there. I, I get, I get passionate about this. No, no, Um, not at all. (laughs) Well, so why did I jump in? Well, it's it's because of who I am and, and the passion. So I should have gotten on involved in this, you know, years ago. And uh, and we should have been raising and working hard on this. And maybe we'd had a better chance at winning. I don't know if we're going to win. But so I got called earlier this year um, and they said, hey, would you uh, would you want to be a part of this? And I thought about it and uh for just a brief period of time and said, yeah, I do. And ultimately for me, what it comes down to is I served my country in Iraq and Afghanistan and other places around the world. I was in the military for, for nine years. Um, and what I saw is 
a lot of what we were doing was fiction. You know, I mean, I joined, I was, I was idealistic and Hey, we're going to make the world right. safer. We're going to spread freedom and democracy around the world at the bar- at the barrel of a gun. And, you know, we're going right. to protect America from terrorists. You know, this whole time we're fighting there under the guise of protecting terrorists or to protecting America from terrorists. We're letting a half a million people stream across the border. Now it's up to 2 million. Right. What? So terrorists aren't smart enough to like get to Mexico and walk across. Right. So, so my point with that is, there comes a point when you you have to say, do I really just trust the players that they're these wise people on this ivory tower, this esteemed, the people in D.C. and Juno, they really know what's best for Alaska? Or at some point do we say, you know, maybe we need to change. You know, it comes down to your charter of conventions. We got to change the change the rules. It, we've been trying to change the players and that's not working. So we need to change the venue. We need to change the funding. We need to change the rules uh, because we've thrown out some of these bums and a few of them are on the defend the uh, convention oh. uh, website. Endorsers. Oh, yeah. We're going to we try changing the players, but it still hasn't changed the system. Right. We're going to start with that when we get back to the radio. But you're right. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, the politicians disease runs rampant in D.C. and Juneau and every capital in America where people are like, uh, we know better than you how to run yeah. your life. So just shut up and sit down, children, and let us uh, do our thing. But you can see where it's brought us. It's brought us to, yeah. uh, you know, to uh, wars, to, you know, the loss of blood and treasure for, uh, you know, trying to export democracy to countries that uh, have no appetite for that. Um, you know, they just, they don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can bring freedom to people who aren't ready for freedom. I think I think it's a losing cause. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. I mean, my God, that's been a quagmire for a thousand years. Uh, I don't think we were going to change much of anything there. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think a lot of times it's tilting at windmills um, and doing things that it costs us in in blood and treasure. And uh, oh, yeah. and I agree with you. I think at some point we all we all are idealistic. I was very idealistic and patriotic as I got young, when I was younger, but as I got older, I saw more and more that what was happening. Um, was that while America is still the shining beacon on the hill, it's still the best that we got, even with all its warts and blisters. At the same time, it's not doing the right thing a lot of time, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and and I I grew up, you know, this country has been good to me. Uh, I uh, I was one of the ones, fortunately, to come home from Afghanistan. Some of my friends didn't, um, but I've been able to. You know, I, my brother was just reminding me the other day as we got out of his, you know, brand new truck um, that uh, when we were kids, we used to uh, go to the um, the donation place to get food. And, we, you know, go, uh, people would give us their old hand-me-downs or we'd shop at a thrift store and we'd go to those, you know, I, I don't not not welfare places, but whatever they were where they donate food. Um, food banks, and, right. Yeah. Yeah. The food banks. Right. And I'd forgotten about that. Right. Um what a change. What a difference. A change. I mean, the opportunity is definitely here. Um, and I want those opportunities for my children. And right. I don't think we're on the trajectory to get there. No, I, I would agree that we're we're That's kind of on I the downhill do. slope. Hold the line here. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Let's do it.
All right, we're back. Um, we're talking about uh, the Constitutional Convention. I'm talking with Josh Church, who is with Convention Yes. And that is the organization that is uh, pro uh, on the Constitutional Convention question. Of course, we've seen, as we were talking about earlier, this absolute uh, uh, blitz. Um, I mean, you guys are being outspent 10 to 1 at this point, uh, Josh, as far as getting the messaging out there. Um, But one thing that I've always done and have done for the last 20 years in politics and issues and things like that is one of the things that I like to do, especially if I don't understand all the aspects of it, is I always like to look at who is uh, supporting it, who is in favor of it and who is against it. I like to see who are the members, people maybe that know more about it than I do. And all I knew is the more that I looked at this and the more that I looked at the people who were against it and for it, I understood that maybe I hadn't thought it all the way through. Now, you mentioned, of course, the 1630 Project, the NEA, uh, the uh, the IBEW. These are the largest contributors. A million dollars has been raised from those organizations alone. Then all I do is go to the Defend a, a Constitution page, the group that's anti-ConCon, and I see that... Kathy Giesel, Joel Hall, John Coghill, Bruce Patello, Bryce Edgman, and Luke Hopkins are all part of the committee that's put this together. And then the individuals who are supporting it are Scott Kendall and Vince Beltrami and Cliff Grow and Doug Isaacson and Joey Merrick and Jim Lotzfeld and, and, and Pascavan and Andrew Halcrow. And I look at all these names and then the organizations that are in support of, of the uh, anti-ConCon group, including the Alaska Center the Institute for the North, the cities of Juneau and, and all the chambers and, and all the, uh, the uh, NGOs, the, uh, the, the Chambers of Commerce and the Economic Development Corps and the Alaska Municipal League. And all I had to do was look at that and go, oh, well, I obviously have to be for a constitutional convention now because, you know, you are who you are made up of. And these people are all the business as usual. Keep government because what we've seen in the last 10 years and correct me if I'm wrong, is we've seen a cadre of people in Juneau, in and around Juneau, both legislators, NGO people, all that stuff that are all very much pro-government spend, pro-public economy, public sector spend versus the private sector they would they would prioritize public sector spend all day every day over private sector spend and they would take money from Alaskans because as you said earlier they have the politicians disease of we know better than you how to spend the money that's all i had to do was look at all those numbers you just go to one page and i can go oh yeah i'm not supporting this at all i i i am against, whatever they are for i am against because these people obviously are prioritizing the growth of government over the growth of the entrepreneur economy. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to follow that up. I, I completely agree with you. You know, there's um, some people on that list that I think are are good people um, against this. Um, uh, but, you know, they've been those people have been wrong on a lot of different issues, uh, whether or not they're good people or not. Um, they've been consistently wrong on the issues, um, you know. Uh, and I've talked to, I've talked to John Coghill and he, he's, uh, he just doesn't trust the voters. Basically. He just thinks we're too far gone as a country to open up the convention. And I get that from a lot of people. But the question I have to ask is, do you think we're going to be better in 10 years? Do you think we're going to be better in 20 years? Um, 
are we on the trajectory to turn this around? So if you think it's bad now, let's just leave things alone and just let the elites continue to plan it. I mean, if, if, if you're in these, some of these people, life's been good to them and that's the human nature. You don't want to go into the, into fear and unknown. If, if you're on the top of your society, you know, you've been a Senator or this or that, and you've ran a business and you're respected in your community and you get to go to the chamber of commerce and they welcome you. You don't want to change things. Uh, and that's all, that's all well and good. And I understand that. That's human nature. Um, right. I mean, that's it's human nature, but, but, you know, I have a two-year-old daughter and um, I came from nothing. I came from nothing. We were below the poverty line growing up. Um, my, my parents gave up everything to go in the mission field. We went to the, uh, lived in Oregon on a uh, uh, pastor church. Then we moved to the Philippines. We came back to Alaska where I was born um, um, after being away for the first 14 years of my life. And I, I uh, started building houses with my dad and my brothers and paid my way through college. Then I joined the Marine Corps, um, eventually got into Marine Special Operations and came back to Alaska, started some businesses. And, and, and now I'm working for a financial management, wealth management company. And life has been good to me. Right. But I started with nothing and I had a lot of opportunities and I want those opportunities for my daughter. But these last couple of years, you know what I see? Shelves are bare. Supply lines are broken. Uh, we're going to lock you in your home. Uh, the, even in Alaska, you know, the, they came out and said, you can't travel outside of your district to another district to, to go hunting. That lasted for about five minutes. Cause all the hunters were like, yeah, pound sand, how are you going to stop us? But we have, I've never seen government grow and just seize power so fast. We think we're so far away from New York or China. Uh, but we are on a trajectory. If you look where we were 50 years ago versus where we were now, or even 20 years ago, I don't recognize what's happening in Fairbanks and in around the state and the country compared to where, when I was a kid. Right. The, the opportunities are disappearing and, uh, and the culture is changing. And I'm nervous for what kind of a, a, a country and a state we're going to hand our children. So absolutely, right. I think it's worth the risk. Uh, first and foremost, Ura Semper Fi. Second of all, uh, all we have to do is look at. I guess. I guess that the argument then becomes: Do you want what we have now, and do you want more of it? And all we have to do is look at the last ten years in the state of Alaska. We have consistently spent more than we take in. We have drained fifteen, sixteen billion dollars out of our rainy day savings account when it was not a rainy day. It was it was pretty good financially overall. We just continued to overspend it. We are now, the cupboards are now bare, so to speak, financially. We've got a billion dollars in the CBR, half a billion in the SBR. We've got three billion in the earnings reserve, but there's not much left. And the the biggest question that we should be asking ourselves is, is there the political will to make the changes in Juno that are necessary to fix the way that business, the business as usual, the way business has been going now. And if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, yes, there's the fiscal, there's the will to do it, then absolutely vote no. But if you look in the mirror and go, there is no political will to fix what's fundamentally broken, we must take the reins as citizens, then you have to vote yes at this point. 
I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it goes back to your charter of changes. You know, change the players. We've been trying that for years. Nothing seems to change. They get down there and they get bought off by the others or, or whatever happens. They Nothing changes. Uh, change the venue. Constitutional Convention would do that. Change the funding. The Constitutional Convention has the authority to do that. Um, change the rules. That's what they're there to do. So uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's obvious. They've been, we've been fighting over the same issues, bickering about the PFD for years, years now, um, and not focusing on other issues. And the funny thing is, it's actually somewhat worse than, than you brought up. So most people know, okay, the PFD formula got set up and they took, you know, 25% of uh, oil revenues and they put it in this fund and then they blah, blah, blah. And, and now we have this PFD and the, the, the state spent the rest of it. I, I went and I, this is years ago, but I wrote a paper about this, looked into it a little bit um, when I was in, in college at uh, UAF. And it's closer to around 14% of the actual oil revenue is what is in the permanent fund. So they pull little caveats out of the PFD and they pull money out for this and that. And so the reality is about 86% of the oil revenues that came out of the ground, the state spent on you know building new schools or roads or whatever it is and at some point you have to ask with those billions and billions of dollars that came out and you got to keep 14 percent, and now they want to take that away from you what did the state do with the other 86 percent? well let's look at that uh we have the worst schools in the country you know we're 48 49th every year for years uh we have the worst roads in the country oh well that's just because we're in the arctic really i've been to canada their roads are a little better uh, you know, we have uh, the highest pay, you know, state and local um, uh, the per, per capita. We spend the most on state and local government of anyone in the country. And yet point to where our infrastructure is better, point to where our results are better, our grades, our students. Oh, look at our crime. We I mean, we've got bad crime. Look at look uh, at uh, suicides. You know, we have some of the highest suicides here, drug rates, alcohol rate, all these different sexual things. assault. Our right. State, yeah. I mean, you're... I think this is the best state to live in. I moved back here, right? I was gone. I was away for nine years in the Marine Corps and I chose to come back here, right? So um, I I think this is a great state, but we it's not a great state because of the government's job, of the government's funding and what they're doing. We spend more than anybody else and we get some of the worst results. Right. Uh, so you got to ask, what did they do with the other 86% of the money they took? Right. And now they want your 14%. Well, and that's the that's the argument. I mean, government is, you know, the question is, you know, past performance is indicative of future results. So if they have done such a great job with all this money so far, what happens if we give them all of the money and more? Uh, I have often said that if they take, you know, if they if they whittle away at the PFD, eventually it will be gone. There will be no more pot of money to draw from, and then guess whose pockets they will go into then even further. Uh, we're already Michael, your your greed is unfathomable. I, know, I can't unfathomable. believe you want to keep that money to yourself. How could you be so greedy? How could you, why do you hate children, Josh? Why do you hate children? That's the question. The, the bridges will collapse. Yeah, I know the bridges will collapse, and it'll be dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Um, I usually skip show intros, but yours. I, every time I hear that, I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah, well, you, you know, great, great intro. 
it is, it is what it is. Uh, look, uh, Josh, we're up against a break. I'm going to keep you for one more segment if you've got the time, and we're going to finish this up here and wrap up and and tell how people can help and what they can do and everything else. We're talking with Josh Church from the Convention Yes Group. Uh, that is the pro constitutional convention with the uh, with the. Uh, uh, with the why, uh, why we should be voting yes, why we should not give in to the fear. And it is, folks, it's nothing but fear mongering. I've seen the ads. I've listened to the ads. It is nothing but fear mongering. That's all it is. And we need to uh, we need to overcome that. Maybe we'll take these piece by piece and start talking about this. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's a big battle. It's an uphill battle for sure. But uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. We'll be back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right. Uh... I just, uh, oh man, I just get so agitated by this whole thing. Um, I'm with Dukes on this, says Laura. Uh, she says, having a con-con concerned me, but there's nothing to lose anymore. Let's do this. New bumper sticker, constitutionalist, let's convention. Um, yeah, I mean, motor on. Let's uh, let's let's get this thing done. I mean, I, I agree. I was I was very leery in the very beginning. Because again, my fear was you open that up, and I because I think we were just we had just come off of the ranked choice voting, and I had seen what had happened in the state when because we're a cheap date, right? We're a cheap date. That's what the that's what the the main funding gal for that thing I can't remember her name, but the gal that was one of the prime supporters of the, the outside political interests for uh, ranked choice voting, she said Alaska's a cheap date, seven million bucks. That's nothing. We'll just throw that money in there and we'll get we'll get ourselves a state. And first of all, that just pisses me off. Second of all, it, you know, well, the, the worst part is, is that because it's true. That's what makes me mad is that it's true. And so but I was really worried. I, I saw the influence of that dark money. And I thought if we get a constitutional convention, they can swing it. They could sway it. The legislators might be participating as delegates, which would be disastrous. Uh, I mean, that would be the first thing. I know that they can participate, but I would really like to see the Constitutional Convention taking place during a session so the legislators can't participate. Um, and, you know, but, I, you know, in the end, I decided if we don't do this, what are we going to do? Because the political will's not there. And the people do get the final bite of the apple. They do get the say. They do get the say in the end. And, uh, you know, I just if not now, then when? And if not us, then who? to paraphrase somebody, right? And there's a couple of points you brought up there that are really great. So so the, the first thing is, all the money's going against it, which means that they've done the polling and they're afraid of how Alaskans will vote. So that's good. We're, we're on the winning side. Now, whether we've got enough money to get the word out and convince enough Alaskans to vote yes, may, maybe, not, maybe we lose. But if we win, we know the outside money doesn't want this to happen. Now, if we do win, we're going to have to double our efforts down because they're going to throw 10 million into helping us pick delegates that'll screw us, right? So we're going to have to double our effort if we win in order to say we need to get the right guys in. But to that effect, even if the legislature, you know, says, "Hey, we can be on the ballot," which I sure hope they 
that's not what happens. I mean, we're going to have, they're not just going to say the legislature's in session and we're going to do it. We're still going to have to vote in. So that's like 100% of new people getting voted in, right? Versus when Juno happens, you only get a third of the people to re-vote on every time. It's, It's not... So we're going to have much better odds of uh, however it happens of getting more people in that are different, that we like, and people are going to be a lot more willing to run when they say, I can do this for three months and that that's it. Then I'm done. I don't have to worry about reelection. Right. So there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty, but at some point, you know, we've, we've just got to, we've got to take a chance. Right. We've got to try. Now, Scott yeah, in the chat, Scott in the chat room does make a valid point, And I have thought the same thing, Scott. Scott says to the just trust the people crowd, Alaska just voted for ranked choice voting and Mary Peltola. I rest my case. No, it, it's a great point. But let's let's analyze that a little bit. So we just voted for ranked choice. Voted funded by outside dark money. So I don't trust the people of Alaska. So I'm going to vote the way the outside dark money wants me on this other thing. Wait, what? Right, exactly. Um, you know, you know, and again, I think what we saw with Mary Peltola is a function of ranked choice voting more than anything else at this point. So, uh, you know, I, I, while I agree that it is troubling, I, at this point, am willing to take – because, again, what's your other option? Your other option is to do nothing and let things continue the way – you know, if you keep doing what you've done over and over and over again, that's the definition of insanity, which is what we're doing right now. Um, right. Would would this be a walk in the park? Absolutely not. I mean, worst case scenario, what happens? Everything comes down. You get a bunch of weird delegates of things. They change the Constitution, and then the people vote it all in. Well, okay, that means we've got a 10-year battle to go back and repeal all that stuff. But I mean, even below that, the next worst case would be we get a bunch of weird people, they put all these different amendments in, and the people vote it down. Okay, we've wasted a little time. What's the third option? Just keep doing what we've been doing? It's not working. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we, the polling indicates we're going to get a much more conservative, a much more uh, Alaskan-type uh, independent constitution than, than what we have. Um, I think and I generally still trust Alaskans. I mean, you look at, uh, look at how they voted over the last few years. I mean, heck, I was just looking back this. This is a long time ago. But um, basically, Alaskans never vote in liberals um, unless there's extenuating circumstances. For example, um, the only reason we had Tony Knowles is because Jack Conkill ran as an independent and took 27,000 votes away. Um, the only reason, you know, we had um, uh, right. the other, the, be- the uh I get it. The Democrat- uh, hold, hold the line, hold the line, hold the line. We're going to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio, final segment. Let's do it. All right, uh, final segment of the show today, uh, coming up on tomorrow's program, just for those of you who are paying attention at home, Ginger Bryant, who's running down on the peninsula for Sarah Vance's seat, and Ron Gillum, who is also running down on the peninsula for re-election in his seat. Uh, Right now, we're talking with Josh Church with Convention Yes, which is the pro-con-con side of the equation. 
Um, everything that I've seen so far, Josh, uh, has been um, fear. Fear, fear, fear. That's what it's all about. That's what their uh, uh, their messaging has been about. We'll lose our gun rights. We'll lose... Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let liberal interests come in and change the, although ironic that again, funded by the 1630 fund, the most liberal pack or, or think tank out there. But I mean, we'll lose all this. It's all about fear. So counteract some of that fear for me here and tell me, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because again, you hit gun rights in Alaska and even, you know, Democrats and Republicans together band together and start shaking their fists. So, um, how yeah. do how do we counteract that fear? Like, Alaskans lose when we don't pay attention, we don't get involved, or we get duped. I mean, I, we were talking in the break room. Uh, Mark Baggage uh, won the Senate years ago after the FBI, you know, framed Ted Stevens, and they they later he got acquitted, you know, of it. Uh, but it was it was too late. And if you go back and you look through the different elections of the state, this state leans pro gun, pro God, pro family pro-life, pro-hunting, pro, life, pro, hunting, pro uh, you know, these, these things, we overwhelmingly vote in most, we're pretty heavy independent states, but when a good candidate comes with those positions, that's the way we vote. We only get these liberal candidates when there's some, it's a three-way race or there's some extenuating circumstances, there's dark money. You look at how Sullivan's revo- results against the, you know, the bear doctor crushed it. You look at, uh, same thing with, uh, um, you know, Donald Trump, you, you start going through these elections for decades and even to current. This state leans very much. Uh, the, the voters, show when they show up, they, they come out in and they support the values of hardworking Alaskans um, and the liberal side of it. Uh, even even our even our Democrats in the state, most of them support being able to get out and hunt and being able to uh, to fish and being. I mean, look at Mary Peltola's ads. Freedom family fishing. Heck, I can get behind that platform. Now, I'm not sure that I really uh, uh, buy what she means by that, but look at the way the Democrats run in this state. They run conservative ads to win. Um, So I I think when people are informed, when they know the issue and they get out and vote, uh, we win. When we listen to a a fear-mongering ad, uh, then who knows what happens. They only do it because they know it works. Right. Remember, dark money. Right. Dark money. I mean, what are the what are the Veritas Project videos showed? They showed the people behind the scenes of the ranked choice voting saying we know that this dark money message, this scary dark money message will win. We just hope that they don't point it out later on that that's what we did. I've been pointing it out since the very beginning that that's what this was all about. This was not about uh, this was about changing the voting system. But the messaging was all about removing the scary, dark money from politics, which it never it did. None. of It did none of that. So we'll probably lose convention. Yes, we're outspent, you know, 10 to one. And we've got all the top, you know, elites and smart people in business and the chamber. Heck, the Fairbanks Chamber of Commerce. I said, hey, can we get on here? You're having Luke Hopkins to talk about. And they said, well, we'll get back to you. Um, So, you know, they've got one side on. We'll see if we get an opportunity to present our side. So, you know, we'll probably lose this convention. But I'm supporting it because it's the right thing to do. And I hope I'm wrong. Guess what? Uh, Warts and all, when, when President Trump won that first time, he won with 
Nobody thought he was going to win. They thought it was a joke. The, the news media laughed at him and he had a tiny amount of funding. But the people rose up and said, we're sick and tired of this. We're going to change it. Same thing happened in 2010 with the Tea Party. So if we win, it's because Alaskan voters ignored the dark money ads and they said, I'm tired of the way things are. Right. And I'm sick of being lied to by the same people or sending people down who just just they're good people that they just can't get it done. They just don't see the issues clearly. You know what this reminds me of, Josh? This reminds me of the PFD fight in 1999. In the PF, uh, in I the, don't remember that. Okay, so the, <laughs> the PFD fight in 1999 when they attempted to put the POMV in the first time uh, and they put it to a vote of the people. The pro-POMV side, uh, which includes some of the same players that we're talking about today, John Coghill, et cetera, uh, they had, uh, they spent over three and a half million dollars in the state in 1999. So I, I know it's been 20 years, but that's real money back then, right? Three and a half million dollars. The anti PFD Raiders raised on a nickel and dime basis, 20, 20 bucks at a time. They raised about $600,000. So almost the same kind of position that you guys are in. And, um, when it was all said and done, the people of the state of Alaska voted 83% against rating the PFD. So I do trust the people, especially when it comes to things like that. Now, that was directly about their pocketbook. But at the same time, we've got to get the message out. We have got to get the message out that this is that the time is now. Here's why the people get the final say. You can do it. We need to and and don't give in to fear. Don't give in to fear. So early 2000s. So after that, um, you know, I was starting to work. uh, I was building houses. Um, saving up money, starting to go to college in the early 2000 timeframe. And I was starting to pay attention and, oh, what's this PFD issue? And I looked into it a little bit and I saw that over and over the, that people had tried to steal their money and it just, the Alaskans just put their foot down and said, no. And so I was, I remember being proud, like, Hey, this is, this is something that'll never go away because Alaskans have put their foot in the sand and politicians can't do it. Then some governor figured he could steal it. And the, and then the court said, yeah, why not? Uh, they, the legislature can ignore the law. And so then the legislature said, hey, if the governor can do it, we can do it too. And so it, every time this came to the people, the people voted it down. But they just figured out a way and the courts agreed with them to, to take your money. Right. And, and that's ultimately kind of what this convention comes down to. It, at a certain point, we the adults, it's our pocketbook. We need to get in there and straighten up and clean house and say, you know what? Courts, you think you can just allow the legislature to do whatever you want? Legislature, you think you can just reach in and take our money? Governors, you think this you can just decide how? I mean, Alaskans have had, when it comes to the PFD issue, not only are they trying to take your PFD, but where does that money come from? Right. Well, that's the oil revenue that was our share. Earning, what do you mean our share? Right. Earnings well, the of the oil revenue. Right. The, we, in most other states... If you find gold or oil or something on your property, it's yours because we believe in private property. The state of Alaska only sort of believes in private property. Hey, if we find something valuable on your property, we get to keep it. Uh, But don't worry, we'll share the profits with you until a little bit later down the road and we decide we need all that back too. Right, right. So it's just, when people complain about uh, the Alaska economy not being diverse enough, why do you think it's not diverse? 99% of the land is in government and native corp hands. The the public sector, the private sector gets 1% of the land and they get none of the subsurface rights. So you really, what is that? Like you get like a half a percent of the land essentially of the resources. Right. So 
And then we say, yeah, I don't know why the private sector Alaska economy hasn't grown more than more diversified. And now with the permanent fund, they don't have they are feeling like they don't have to diversify. If they get the permanent fund up to one hundred billion dollars, then they can just live off the proceeds of that. They don't have to diversify and they don't have to listen to the people. Well, your hero um, um, and one of my favorite people uh, that you put on the intro, you know, uh, the trust fund um, baby uh, that has some really great sound bites there at the beginning. Uh, if you want a government made up entirely of those, give them the PFD because say no yeah. to the Constitutional Convention. Because the reality is, if the government gets to take all the PFD, which is basically what some of the you know candidates running for governor want to do, um, or reduce it to 25% that you get a keep or whatever and for now, and then they'll change that later and take it all. What you're essentially doing is saying, let's just have a government solely funded by this trust fund, basically, this permanent fund. So they're completely, they don't give a crap what the people think. They, they've got a fund. They can spend how they want to, and they'll just spend that every year and grow government, and you'll get more of the crappy worst schools in the country results. <clears throat> So, I mean, if that's what you want, if you want entitled legislatures and entitled government who just lives off a trust fund. There you sure, go. That's what you get. We got less than a minute here. Josh, I'll let you wrap up. Uh, final thoughts and where do folks find out more? Bo, how do we donate? So, thankfully, I am not the top donor of Convention Yes anymore. I was for a little bit and I'm not quite as wealthy as uh, um, the 1630 fund. So we're starting to get Alaskans uh, to, to chip in. So go to conventionyes.com, conventionyes.com. We also have a Facebook page, Convention Yes. You can sign up for you know newsletter alerts. You can you can upload a video of why you're supporting. Uh, you can sign up there for more information. You can like the page on Facebook or on or go to the Convention Yes website. You can donate on the website. Uh, and we're looking to as uh, drop some ads with a little bit of money we do have. Um, and we this is going to be a grassroots campaign. Josh, Just start calling radios, doing op-eds, and talking to your neighbors. Josh Church, Convention Yes. That. Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Boom. Thank you. Oh, man, that was so quick. Uh, we were I was just seconds away from right up to the break. Uh, okay, uh, Josh, one final, one final bite at the apple. One final bite at the apple. Uh, I'll give it to you. Anything that we didn't cover today on this topic that you want to, and then again, you can repeat where folks can find you and how they can donate. 20 bucks, 5 bucks, 2,000 bucks, whatever you got laying around. Um, and time and time as well. If you want to get signs, wave yeah, signs, do things. So uh, one final bite here, uh, Josh Church Convention, yes. The floor is yours. Facebook Convention, yes. Facebook Convention, yes. And conventionyes.com. Sign up, donate, get involved, talk to your neighbors, do op-eds. Uh, give us some money if you can. Uh, but let's just start getting the word out. If you want to, if, even if you're a liberal and you disagree with me on the issues, all we're asking is, do you trust the people of Alaska to have a conversation about what we can change? You may think we need to change different things than I want to change, but let's open this up to the state to have have a discussion. Right. You want to have a discussion about privacy and the right to abortion? Let's have it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, we may disagree, but we'll at least have a discussion. Uh, let's, Absolutely. Let's get it done. Convention Yes. Uh, what's the website? ConventionYes.com. Com? conventionyes.com and then we're a facebook uh as well convention yes facebook um and and uh just get involved that's that's what we got to do ch- to make this a better state for our kids and our grandkids if you have them uh we've got to get involved Oorah. that's it right there that's exactly it right there baby uh we're gonna keep doing it we're gonna keep fighting for it no matter what josh church 
Thank you, my friend, for coming on board and joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, maybe we'll try and have you back here in a couple weeks, three weeks. We'll see what the schedule looks like. Fun. We'll see if we can get you back on. Thanks for coming on. All right. Have a great day. My friends, we got to, got to, got to go. Don't forget to check us out on, whoops, wrong one. Uh, check us out on uh, Patreon if you'd like to support the show. Thank you for coming on board and being part of it today. Tomorrow, Ginger Bryant, Ron Gillum, Friday, Second Amendment Foundation will be joining us. But now it's time to go do more work. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show this is day i don't know what the heck day it is madam president it's day a lot and we're all tired and it is time to get a new perspective this fishbowl and air is very stale my clothes, I'm so sick of them, I don't want to wear them anymore.